looking to get Conside of Fon. Lafondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello and welcome to the Empire Rules podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. I'm Alex, your host here to take you through Reading 1, Lincoln 1, Lincoln 1, Reading 1, I guess, if you're going about it the right way around there. Uh, I've been joined today by Paul. Paul, how are you doing? Not too bad once my uh, laptop actually decides to work. Uh, yeah, content, content with a point away. I think we would have taken a lot more of those this earlier in the season. So, yeah, not feeling too bad about it all, to be honest. Yep. You're pleased that the darts is back? Oh, loving the darts. I'm absolutely... Darts is life. You don't choose darts. It chooses you. And I'll be going. So, oh, I cannot wait for that. Someone who's very jealous that you're going, I'm sure, is Matt Lanze, who is desperate to go to the darts, but not going. Outed me there, didn't you? Yeah, no. Best time of the year. Best time of the year. Undoubtedly. So... I am not going to the darts either, but I'm less bothered, unfortunately. But You're a darts grouch, you are. Apparently I'm a darts grouch. Let's get into the football instead. Uh, yesterday, away at Lincoln, one change to the lineup, Matt, with um, Caelan Vickers coming out of the lineup for, for Paul Makaru. Reasonable to keep the same lineup, I think, after the Oxford game. Yeah, yeah, but very much so. You know, apart from you know the the the, the Macari coming coming in for uh, for for Vickers, but I think you know we've we, we've said it a few times now. I, I'm I think Sellers is kind of onto his his best lineup, his best formation, and his best way of playing. I think, and I think it has shown in recent performances because I think one thing that is starting to come now is a bit of consistency. On the pitch um, and results-wise, you know, I think, I think it has been a lot better, um, you know, and um, you know, you can always take one or two players out. Home staying in as well, I thought was a plus. Um, I think Holmes has actually done really well. Um, I'm sure we'll come on to him, um, you know. To one um, of the questions we actually had, Matt, from one of the questions we had from Jeff yesterday night was, is Holmes and Abby now the partnership at the back? Is it the answer at the back? I think so. I think so. You know, I mean, it's 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 nice, and everyone likes seeing you know a young centre back pairing and everything. You know, and you know with like um, Binden and Abby, but an eighteen and nineteen year old, I think, is just too young. Um, and I think we've seen that over the over the course of the season with you know certain mistakes. And Binden, to be fair to him, you know, has had a bit of a rough patch of late. You know, Holmes realistically is still very young. You know, when you look at someone who's twenty three, and we're talking about him being one of the elder statesmen there, and someone with experience. Yes, he's played a lot of games, but you know, I think, I think Holmes coming back in reassures Abby a bit. I think Abby has still got obviously a lot of work to do. He's got very good, you know, elements to his game. If he can start taking out, you know, those those bad bits positionally, etc., he can really start to kick on. Hopefully, Holmes will, uh, will will start to do that with him next to him. But a lot of praise, I think, has to go to Holmes. We said the same about Aziz in the last podcast about battling through and getting back into the team and getting to a point of good form. Yes, it's only been a couple of games for Holmes so far. But so far, I think he's been really good. And yeah, I'd say that is our, our best two centre-back pairing. I would ask the question, do you think it's a coincidence, Alex, that in the last two games that we've had, we've only given away one shot on target since Tom Holmes has come back into the team? Uh, I don't know if it's a coincidence or whether it's just 
good fortune for Tom Holmes, but it, it's definitely helped because we've looked, we've yeah. looked so much more solid at the back. Um, I mean, I think we gave up was one corner yesterday in the entire match. They just Lincoln just didn't really ever have a, a chance, and I think Holmes is at least adding to that. He's got to be got to be part of it. Um, I think it it is definitely helping that the the players have come into like a settled formation and a settled pretty much a settled midfield central like trio um as well at this point so i think that's helping but yeah it, maybe it's a coincidence but certainly um tom holmes is, is playing well enough that it, it looks to have improved our defense it i mean the start of the game yesterday paul you could argue that our defense hadn't improved because I don't think we'd touched the ball before Lincoln had put it in the net. And that was what the second minute, maybe the third minute. Um, and it's, it's very easy for the Lincoln. I think it's the Lincoln wing back uh, who gets the ball on the right hand, on their right hand side and kind of just basically walks down to the, the byline and then plays it across and it's an own goal. Yeah. I mean, I think it's poor from Makari here. I think it's poor from Craig here. And I think it's a bit unlucky for Abby here. I think this is the kind of own goal that can happen if you're a centre-back, isn't it? Um, a lot of times that won't go in, but I think the two players before that have created a horrible, massive gap, which Lincoln have taken advantage. And ultimately, that was their only moment, I would say, during the whole of the game. I don't think it's unfair to say that is a really... Um, but... It's what we do. We make things harder for ourselves. And it is frustrating that we gave away that because without that, you feel almost almost inevitable that we'd probably win the game because Lincoln had so little in any any attacking sense. That I, I don't think that's unfair in them. I think I think one of the biggest elements for the goal as well, um, well, you, you, you've mentioned it. Um, Paul with Makaru and Dorset with the with the tracking back. I mean, the, the the speed of which they went down down that right hand side. I mean, you know, they could have walked back and they probably would have got in a position to actually, you know, do something to affect it. But also, Craig. I mean, he, he's umming and ahhing whether or not to go over for too long. He had to go over, um, you know, because you've got your you've got your two left hand side players who seemingly aren't going to come back, um, you know. And yes, you could say that 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 you know. That there was a player, I guess, maybe to his right, and a cutback might have happened. But you've just got to actually go and make that decisive move. His position, anyway, would probably actually negate that ability to cut it back from the way he's coming in, um, anyway. But for Craig, he had to come over there. But my God, you look at what I, I didn't actually realise how how unlucky the the the, the um, actual goal was. I mean, I, Abby has somehow managed to do a Mezen Erzul bounce shot over the it's keeper. A great finish. It's a brilliant Abby, finish. But when um, you talk about luck, it's like that is... Yeah, third minute of the game and Abby's like managed to loop it over his own keeper. It like we're a toe poke, essentially. It's very unfortunate to, to end up in the back of the net. And it didn't take as long to, to respond. And I mean, as Paul said, that really was probably Lincoln's only highlight of the entire match. Definitely of the first half. I think, I mean, we'll get to half time in a minute, but the... The first half stats were just ridiculous. I think it was 68% possession for Reading, something like that. No shots for Lincoln off target, none on target, no corners. And we had two goals disallowed. And the first one, Matt, I think the first one is less debatable than the second one, which we'll come on to. But the first one, um, really good work by 
by Femi Aziz, who kind of, you know, blasts his way down the right hand side, beats the beats the left back. And he did this multiple times. He just absolutely skinned him for pace and got him behind. Got him behind the left back of uh, Lincoln, plays a low cross across the six yard box, and it's kind of bundled into the net by a combination of the Lincoln defender and Paul Makaru. The celebrations do go on. I, I I reckon they must have gone on for twenty seconds or so. It wasn't like an instant foul given against Makaru, and then about 15, 20 seconds later, the referee blows up for a foul against Makaru, seemingly for a push in the back. But watching the replay, I really am not sure that this is a this is a foul because it looks like the Lincoln no. player is already going over anyway. And it's it's a it's it's an it's an interesting one looking back at it because I mean as the game went on, the Lincoln players were literally going down with a blow of the breeze. I mean, and the longer the game went on, the less Madley was actually giving to Lincoln, which I thought was interesting because maybe it's just at the point of the game, you know, you, you think that well, he's actually gone down there. It, it's you know, there, there's contact. There was no contact. There, well, there was little to no contact there i mean the defender's got himself in absolute he's got himself in a massive mess there and you know he's pretty much tripped over his own feet by all accounts you know and bundled the ball into the net because of it i mean it was yeah i mean it's a a very difficult one to defend as a defender if you've got a a striker coming in behind you Mm -hmm. but i can't see how it's a foul really watching the watching the replay paul no i i think it's a really soft one and if you have that in the Premier League, I think that's probably given as a goal, isn't it? Um, they've got away with one there. But I think we've got to say credit to Femi Aziz. I know the goal's disallowed, but that's not his fault. He's providing assists. He's getting them behind defenders. And his form seems to be consistently... He spanned that left back probably three or four times yesterday. And every time he did it, yeah. he, he was gone three or four yards of space every single time. And yeah, well, the Lincoln same... manager said after the match that um, they couldn't deal with us down the sides at all. And he said that we're a team that are, you know, in a false position. I know you hear that from lots of managers when they haven't got the result they wanted. But I think if you look at our form over the last five matches, I don't think that's an unfair comment. The bits before, totally fair. Yes, I agree. The bits before that were not not so great, but the first, last five matches we've we've certainly picked up form slightly. Um, the second goal, not goal, Matt disallowed goal. Uh, it comes from a free kick on the right hand side. It gets palmed away by the keeper out to Andy Yeardam on the edge of the box, who hits the ball back into the area. It seemingly is blocked by a Lincoln player. I Honestly, I've watched the replay and I'm struggling to tell whether it hit a Lincoln player or a Reading player. I have no idea. Um, Makari finds himself on the left-hand side, left-hand side of the six-yard box, basically stood by the post almost. Um, the way that the goal has gone in, the keeper has kind of come out to the edge of the six-yard box, so he's ahead of where Makari is. And the goal's given us offside. I assume the goal is given as an offside against Macario for when the shot is played by Yeardom. I'll be honest, I'm not a referee. I have no idea whether this is offside or not because of the fact that it comes off of the Lincoln player, presumably. The Reading crowd seemed to think it was a goal and onside, but I'm really uh, kind of unsure. 
yeah well i think there's there's, is, there's, though, there's... Alex, yeah, hang on just gotta say the good news is uh alex we've got a football and refereeing expert in the house here in matt lansley who's now going to break it down in every single detail so lock yeah. yourself in everyone in your car wherever you are you're going to get yeah, a full make myself a cup of tea while i get ready for this yeah well i just think there's 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 a couple of angles to to the offside here because you've got two reading players in an offside position actually when the ball's kicked because obviously you've got the lincoln player on the line the keeper's up though at that point so you've got Smith and Makaru, who are in an offside position, because you know, in essence, you need two players, you know, behind or well, in front of your your attacker to be in an offside position. Um, so Smith and Makaru are offside when the ball's kicked. That's not debatable, um, and I presume that's what the offside has been given for, because you know, Yidam has kicked the ball, Makaru's offside there. If that's if that's what it's been given for, that that's. The, the the ruling on that the interesting point comes because Alex he said about where the blocks made the blocks made by um uh the Lincoln defender number five and he makes actually a deliberate act to to get to the ball because he's he's gone to block it it's not bounced off him it's not you know just come at him and he's not made an act he's made an act to go for the ball because he's moved his left foot to block the ball and in that case it's a new well this is where the gray area is because it's where does a new phase of play start you know is that because he's moved his leg to the ball there is that a deliberate act to actually make a play for the ball which i think it is because it's not bounced off him he's he's moved himself and moved his body and moved his leg to block the shot to kick the ball and then a new phase of play starts if that's the case makaru is onside because he's not actually made any effect on that defender neither is sam smith because sam smith isn't really actually you know, affecting that block there. Um, well, I don't think he is because you've got another Lincoln City player in between um, Jackson and Smith. Um, so the more I watch it, the more I kind of think, well, that should actually be onside because if if the new phase of play and kind of um, deliberate act to actually play the ball rule is the way that I think it is, that's onside for me. Um, but it's a bit of a grey one, I think. I think... If you ask three different people, you're going to get three different answers. I hope everybody understood that. So it could be offside. It might not be offside. It really depends on which person you're asking. Um, well, I'm going to stick my I'm going to stick my neck on the line and say that it's not offside because I think that's a deliberate act to play the ball. And so then it's a new phase of play and Makari's onside for me, in my Shot opinion. statement, Redden fan claims an offside goal that would have really massively helped us was <laughs> onside. I mean, I'm really shocked by this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't say, can't say. I think it was onside personally, but I'll, uh, you know, I'll defer to the expert there. Um, yeah, I mean, that was the second second goal we put in the back of the net. Um, we had a header from Harvey Nibs just before half time. Half time came, and yeah, as we kind of discussed, it was really a Reading stat line at half time in terms of one nil down, two disallowed goals, nine shots, seventy percent of the ball, but we were one nil down despite not having given up a shot somehow. And that first half, Reading, Paul, were dominant is really kind of being, you know, understating it because I don't think Lincoln did anything. Didn't touch the ball, didn't get out of their own half. And on another day, Reading would have been, you know, 2-0 up and it would have been game over. Yeah, I heard James Oliver Pierce. I've got to say, sound 
quite an impressive uh, individual afterwards because Salah's cousin talk because he got the red card, which we might mention later, which was a bit ridiculous, but there we go. And he was saying that we could have easily been winning when we went in at half time, not just on you know the offside goal, just the general overall performance and the continuation of performances throughout the last few matches and how that's a positive sign. Um, also limiting the opposition. But yeah, first half, it was if there was only one team. And I'm sure if you're a Lincoln fan, if you're listening to this, you'd be really struggling to disagree with that, wouldn't you? I mean, well, the funny thing is, at half time, they interviewed a Lincoln fan on the field and uh, they, they said, Oh, if you were the manager, what would you be doing in the second half? And he said, Well, more of the same. And I was like, We well, haven't had a shot. You haven't touched the ball. I know you're winning 1 0, but. Yeah. I guess yeah, if you're yeah, winning, yeah. you'll take it, won't you? But yeah, I agree. It does seem a oh, bit no, surprising. Um, I guess he's not not necessarily a professional pundit. He's a fan on the field, so I yeah. can't really can't really That's bash true. him too much for that. Um, one thing we did get a few comments on it um, after the game was the nice skyline at halftime. It was very pretty. <laughs> I will say that. Like Lincoln's a lovely city. It's very nice. Um, you know, lovely sunset yesterday as well. So that was nice. And Mark Bowen in the away end as well. Yeah, Mark Bowen in the away end. I didn't spot him myself. I don't know what, what bit of the away end he was in. I assume he must have celebrated both of the disallowed goals, though, because there's no way he could have told they were disallowed before they uh, before before he celebrated with the away fans. The second half, Matt, we, we started the second half very well again, I think it's fair to say. Um, we got the goal not straight into the second half. I think it, I can't actually remember what minute of the goal goal came in the end, but um, the goal comes on the left hand side from nice piece of work from from Dorset, who passes you know round the back of the back of the defender for Nibs to run onto. And I'll be honest, this is the sort of finish that I was thinking that Harvey Nibs was really lacking earlier in the season because he's missed some far easier chances than this. But he opens up his body really well, kind of running across the ball, finishes it on his right right hand, uh, right foot, putting it past the keeper and gets his equaliser. And it's it's a really nicely, you know, nicely taken goal. It's a really good pass by Dorset um, from deep. It's It's a good goal. Yeah, no, I think it's oh, well. Certainly, certainly, when you watch it, and I'm glad you mentioned Dorset there because the the pass from Dorset is fantastic. The weight of it is perfect. He's put it pretty much exactly where you know Nibs would have wanted it in that position. But like you say, all credit to Nibs. He's he shaped his body really well. He's got around it. You know, it's not kind of coming onto his right foot. He's adjusted his body to make it on his right foot, and the calmness as well to just you know essentially pass it past the keeper. He's he's not banged it. He's he's placed it perfectly it's a really nice goal um and nibs again another one of those players that is kind of really kind of coming into form a bit you know the last last kind of four five five games you know we've been a bit critical maybe of you know the quality um he he has um kind of had earlier in the season but you know that's put him on we'll say i think 10 goals now for the season all competitions i know there's a lot kind of in the cup um kind of in there and um, you know in the um, bristol street motors trophy but you know, ten goals for the season. It's his best return, I think, so far. It's more than anyone scored last season. Sorry, it's more than anyone scored last season. Exactly. <laughs> and he's still got to score those goals. It doesn't matter yeah. what games it's in. If he doesn't score those goals, people say, "Oh well, he didn't even score against Swindon, you know, under tens or whatever it was." Well, he did score a hat trick. So, you know, he's done his job, hasn't he? 
And also, I think there's, see, I, it's like critical, if I could speak, critical changes that have been made throughout the season. Uh, the formation change and just moving him slightly inside. I've made he a looks a completely difference. different player, doesn't he? Yeah. Not playing on the, le- on the left. Just uh, not, or, or not playing solely on the left. He looks a completely different player. Yeah, I mean, he talked about it after the match to say now he's playing like a left-sided eight. He said, ideally, he'd like to play as a 10, but, you know, he'll play wherever he's, he's given the opportunity. But he says he just feels far more comfortable there, but he gets the opportunity to around, move around more. And he looks way, way better. When he's playing on the left wing, he looks so limited. And you thought, what have we signed here? But now you're thinking, I can see what we've signed and he will score some goals. You know, he'll... He, Maybe again another ten over the rest of the season. I don't think it's inconceivable, is it? No, especially given now he's playing in that like more slightly more central advanced role. Like he's going to get more chances. I mean, he gets a chance later in the game, which we'll discuss. But before that, um, as you kind of alluded to earlier on, Matt Sellers gets sent off. Um, he had had a little bit of a, a kind of a back and forth with the referee after the first disallowed goal, and. Button heads the ball away from a kind of a punted through ball from Lincoln. Heads the ball away and it, it's rolling straight towards Sellers. And Sellers kind of back heels it as it goes past him, like knocks it away with his foot. And the referee comes over and gives him a straight red and he's sent to the stand. I'll be honest, this is a really, really petty decision by the referee because this happens every week in in mm-hmm. football in the EFL. Um I I reckon if you sat there and watched the game yesterday, I'm I'm my guess is that the Lincoln manager has probably done the same thing. Not necessarily punted it with his you know back of his heel, but he's probably touched the ball, dropped it away from a Reading player at some point. Uh it happens every single week and yet for some reason yesterday it was a red card. Uh yeah which you know I think um uh you know the uh, first thing coach kind of touched on after the game saying that you know it's 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 a different rule for managers but i mean that if 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 that's the case then like you say you do see this on a weekly basis even if it's a manager who catches it and rolls it away you know like what what's what's the line what's the boundary here you know i mean madly just wanted to be the center of attention yesterday that was quite evident from very early on i mean he's a failed he's a failed premier league ref who is now languishing seemingly in league 1 um, and becoming a bit of a nuisance, to be honest. So, you know, do do the right thing, Madly, and find something you're good at, to be honest. Um, is Madly the Reading FC of the refereeing world? Well... Having dropped down from the Premier League into the league <laughs> one. Um, no, no, we're not as bad as Bobby Madly. But th- that was so... Like, when, when everyone in the way in fact, actually started to realise it was Bobby Madly actually in charge of the game... I mean, like, it was one of those things that uh, earlier in the game, I looked and I thought, that looks like Bobby Madley. I didn't realise he was a he was in refereeing in League One at this point, but Christ alive, he's had a fall from grace. Um, but but yeah, that the, the red card is just uh, it's 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 pathetic. If they give that every week to every manager that does something like that, fine, fair enough. But that is the first ever time I've ever seen a manager given a straight red because it wasn't it wasn't like it was a second yellow for Sellers. He wasn't on a yellow. It was a straight red for that. Uh, it's just pathetic. But they've changed the regulations, haven't they? Massively. Yeah, but, the, yeah, but, yeah, but then you enforce it on every single time that it's done. That's the I, point. I, yeah, okay. 
I'm just saying that they've massively changed the regulations and the amount of bookings and red cards that's that the, 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 by 88% in the whole of the EFL compared to last season. So The strange thing about that regulation change is that, that we definitely saw it at the start of the season with players getting booked for like kicking the ball away slightly. Mm. Um, and it is de- it's died off, certainly. It's one of those regulations where you see it coming at the start of the season and after two or three months, yeah. it's kind of like falls away and no one really mentions it again. I, yeah, I don't really get it. It's it's a really kind of like just it just seems really petty. It like he's not slowed the game down because they've got multiple balls all sitting along the side of the pitch anyway. So I don't. It just seems really petty and unnecessary to send him off for that. Um, I think Bobby had an argument with someone. Uh, who knows who it was? Before. Oh, well, I think he argued with Stelios during the first half. You're getting it, Ruben. Mm-hmm. That's is it. This is my prime opportunity. By the laws, you're going off, and I'm feeling good about life. I mean, when it, you watch it back, it's ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> come on. It, it felt very much like that because the first half he had an argument with Sellers after the goal and or rather disallowed goal. And it, it almost felt like it was like, a, well, I can send you off, so I will send you off. Um, it, it just it just seems pathetic. It didn't stop Reading from having a couple more chances before the end of the game. Um, I've seen people say that we didn't have any chances after we scored. We we definitely did. Uh, we had, I think we had two pretty big ones um nibs has a shot from about eight yards which he tries to put in at the near post matt um probably considered a good save by the keeper this i think really um he, he manages to like roll ben elliott rolls the ball into nibs inside the area and nibs is on the kind of left hand side just outside the six yard box so yeah he's probably seven eight yards out and Hits it straight straight towards the near post, but the keeper makes a decent save low down to his low down to his right, and it goes out for a corner. It's actually it's actually blocked from the defender. A defender blocks it up, and it actually then just hits the keeper in the chest. Um, it's a really good block from the Lincoln player because that it Nibs might be again trying to go across the keeper and go into the far post. Um, and it kind of takes that deflection. Um, but again, it's really really nice play. Um, you know, and I think the nice thing that we saw yesterday was that there was a lot of kind of quick one two passes um you know um around around the team especially in the midfield you know wing had a fantastic game which will come, come on to him in a minute as well um putting it back out wide we, we did that very well putting it into the center yeah. and then putting it straight back out wide as a one two to, to try and create space that worked really mm-hmm. well yesterday yeah um and again i guess you know you might look at lincoln and say that you know that we we can do that against a team that plays three at the back their fullbacks play very high and then you've got that space out wide but they did it really well um, but yeah, you know, another good chance for Nibs. And then, I mean, there was a chance after, or was it, it was either before or after the I think one that ended up hitting the post. I think it was the corner after from the resulting mm. shot action from that chance. Um, and Dorset, Dorset gets a head on it and it, it comes off the post. And honestly, I thought it was in from the, from the end that we were at. It looked like it had gone in. I think half um, the standard, didn't it, Alex, at that point? <laughs> yeah, it, it looked, everybody looked, you know, started celebrating it. It genuinely, it just looked like it just... You know, nestled into the corner and it bounced off the post. Uh, I think it was Dorset with the header, mm. and it ends up getting cleared out. And that was probably the last chance with about, I think it was probably with about seven or eight minutes to go. Um, we didn't create, we had a couple of like real, you know, half chances, long shots, but nothing huge after that, really, Matt. No, no. And, um, you know, I think a lot of fans, you know, were, were, were wanting to go for that, go for that win. But I think one of the really nice things that kind of, the team showed again, you know, which they showed against Oxford as well, was the resilience to actually never, never look like losing, did we? No, no, you know, like like there, there was the late free kick, 
that I think every Reading fan, or was it free kick? It was either free kick or corner that I yeah. think every Reading fan had their hearts and mouths for, but they held on. Yeah, that, those are killer moments, are you? Question for both of you is, do you think we have got the balance right in those last 15 to 20 minutes at the moment between attacking and defending? Now, I, I, I'm going to give my viewpoint first, and I understand why this has happened. I think that we were so damaged earlier in the season. We're still veering slightly on defensive. And listen to, to Pierce afterwards. He was saying how he brought the substitute on and Ben gave for the fullback Dorset because he was more thinking, we don't want to come away here from losing. Now, I've seen a lot of negativity about the fact that we didn't go for it. Do you think that's fair? Or do you think that we should stick with where we are and be picking up these little points and I, I think we, I think we had enough chances in the last fifteen or twenty minutes to to say we hadn't gone for it would be unfair because we did we were attacking. It's not as if we were sitting with the ball in our own half of the pitch for for that last fifteen or twenty minutes yesterday. Um, Oxford is slightly different because obviously we never really touched the ball, whereas Lincoln we we had most of the play. Um, one of the quotes that that James Oliver Pierce said yesterday is if you if you don't win the game, you don't want to lose the game, right? So the, the subs at the end with with Mbengue coming on, it it made sense because Dorset was completely blowing by that point anyway. He, he, you know, if, if there had been an attack down that side, they would have been out through on goal straight away. Um I'm I'm okay with it. I think, you know, in the context of the situation that we could have won yesterday, yes, on performance levels we could have done. However, when you look at before the game, would I have taken a draw away at a team in the top 10 of the table? Yes, yeah, certainly. So it's when you when you think about the fact that we've lost so many games in the last minute, in the even just this season, um, we've conceded goals in the last minute of games. I think picking up points is is the is the key. Like it's it's all well and good saying we have to win games, we have to win games. And yes, we do. But we also have to not lose games. And, and keep picking up one point here and one point there because they're all going to matter at the end of the season. So um, I think the balance was fine yesterday at the end of the game. I think you two have summed it up perfectly. I think, to be honest, you know, you, you, the, the the amount of games it, and even looking back past this season that, you know, this team has thrown away, you can't magically just go from that to, you know, going balls out. And, and like say, Alex, we had enough chances really at the end of that game to actually, you know, potentially win that game. You know, they've not been able to put put a couple of them away. You can say that's unlucky or whatever, you know, you want. On another day, we win that game. We'll probably win that game two or three nil because, you know, because of the way that the play went, decisions, etc. You know, I can't see that, that, that really you can criticise, you know, the team for kind of not going for it because, like I say, Dorset was absolutely on his knees yesterday. He he almost couldn't move at the point he was taken off. I mean, they did say he had a hard tackle, which him, but I'm not sure that was the case because I mean, no. I watched him running at like 85 minutes, and he was struggling. He he was he gave absolutely everything yesterday. Um, but no, you know, you, you've you've got to build the foundations. You know, at this point, you've got to build something to then move forward with. And that really, at the moment, I think is what we're starting to see. We're starting to see a, more, a team that's more resolute in the final minutes, maybe a bit more cautious. But can you really blame them at this stage? You know, they've they've had a hideously tough season so far, you know, on and off the pitch. You know, so build the building blocks. Now we're starting to see a bit more consistency at the end of games. 
maybe you know you can build a bit more confidence to have that confidence of going for the win without having that worry that we're going to concede in the last minute it's not going to magically turn around you know and if you think it is you're in dreamland you know to be honest you know so build the building blocks move forwards and then you've got something to 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 go with going forwards who was your man on the match yesterday matt that's a tough one i think i think Aziz was brilliant down that right hand side, and and you know he's had he's had some fantastic games now, um, you know consistently, consistent, um, consistently, which is really good to see. But I think for me, Lewis Wing in the centre. I mean that first half, everything was going through Lewis Wing. The the spreading of the play, um, he was doing. He went a little bit quiet maybe in the second half, um, but I think for me it was Lewis Wing. He is really showing himself as probably one of you know, the best midfielders in the championship, which sounds a bit crazy when we're talking about, you know, he's a part of a team that's in 23rd, but he is fantastic. And for me, he'd be mine. It sounds a little bit crazy because we play in League One, not the championship, but, you know, apart from... Sorry, that, League One. Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I will get it right at some point. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I think for me, um, I'd probably go with Aziz. I think he just create created so many opportunities yesterday, particularly in the first half. Um, the other person I really was impressed by yesterday was, I mean, we mentioned Holmes at the top of the podcast and he was good yesterday. I probably wouldn't put him as a man of the match yesterday because I just don't think they can ever really threaten enough for a defender to have got man of the match. But uh, Michael Craig, since he's come into the team and actually kind of cemented that position as his own at, from Sam Hutchinson after the Shrewsbury game, I think the team has been completely different in the way that we've played. We look so much more solid with him sitting in front of the back four. It, it It's almost night and day compared to where we look, you know, where we were playing in, say, September, um, the way we were playing teams. And I, I think the introduction of him and Lewis Wing as the central two is is basically, you know, the, the catalyst for this team to actually look like a reasonable football team as opposed to just like, you know, basement fodder at the bottom of League One, losing literally every single week. And I also think the substitution of Craig midway through the second half helps the team as well because I think he starts to lose shape and I think he starts to kind of like he's, he's a young player I mean I totally understand that and he I 100% back what you say Alex I think he's been really really good in the situation that we're in as well because it's so tough to come into these games I mean we've played third seventh and ninth in the last week <laughs> I mean you, we can talk about the quality of league one and all that but those are teams who are way above us in the league it's one of them's 20 places above us. Yeah. And, so, and, you know. and Lincoln yesterday had one of the best defences in the league. You know, I think that's, I, I think we talked about it on the, on the, on the preview. I looked at this last night. They, they've only had, there's only two teams who've conceded less goals at home this season than Lincoln. Yeah. And yet we, we put the ball in the net three times yesterday. Well, I was pretty, pretty impressed by that when I, when I looked at that afterwards, I was, Lincoln are a good team. Like, 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 they're, like they're, they're not, they're not a, they're, they're not a flashy team of of League One. Again, we we, we spoke about this. You know, that are they the Preston of League One? Can we say that? Well, <laughs> I've I've said it a few times. I mean, I'm going to go with Brentford because that's what um, uh, Gary from uh, uh, what's it, uh, Stacey West said about. Or he'd rather go for for Brentford of yeah, because Brentford's not a nice fashionable team. He doesn't want to be associated with Preston. No, but but. But, you know, kit, but I feel that's about where it ends. <laughs> Let's be quite frank here. <laughs> yeah. but, but but they're a good team. You know, they're, they're a really good team. And like, yes, it's not like getting a point away at Swansea or something, you know, but that's the that's the league we're in. We're in League One. We're not playing flashy teams. You know, 
we're in league one for a reason and kind of if you don't want to accept that you know i think the, the way i look at it is if last season if we'd got a point away at west brom people would have said that was a really good point mm. west brom finished ninth in the championship last year like it's it's difficult to say it's not a good point away at lincoln when you consider that fact now like, yes we're in league one now that's that's the level we're playing at it's lincoln instead of west brom but the league positions are still you know still mm-hmm. still the same still they still matter the same so Nature um, yeah i think that's well. a good point um Let's get on to some questions anyway from yesterday because this is a few good ones. Um, Cameron, there's two from Cameron here. So Cameron Siegel, uh, who do you think our most valuable player is currently? Both kind of on the pitch and also in value terms, Paul. Oh, wow. Uh, You'd probably go striker straight away. So you'd have to go Sam Smith, wouldn't you? They always have the highest value. And on the pitch, I think he's been really good. it's between him and Lewis Wing, to be honest, isn't it? I would say so. Potential-wise, there's lots of young players in there, but they're still making quite a few mistakes, as you'd expect. But yeah, I'd go with stick with my first option there. I think I'd, I think I'd agree. Smith is probably the most valuable in terms of pounds right now. And, you know, but I, Although I don't think we're going to be able to sell him for millions right now, I think he probably would you know, garner the most. If we had to sell somebody right now, it would probably be him and then... Wing is probably the most valuable in terms of the way that we're playing right now. Definitely. Thank goodness we don't have financial issues. Yeah, that would be a, that would be an issue, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. Okay, Matt. Next question um, from other another camera. Uh, I, I have some belief that we can stay up now. My question is: Would you sell Tom Holmes if a transfer offer comes in in January? And someone somebody replied. I can't remember who it was. I want to say it was George. Yeah, George. He would have said two games ago, definitely would have sold him in January. But right now, I'm not so sure. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd kind of echo that. Um, I think, to be honest, no matter what your view is on, on, on a player, every player has kind of their value. Um, and if an offer comes in that kind of, you know, if if, if somebody's offering, you know, a, a, a piece of, you know, or, 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 you know a, a value which you can't turn down, you're going to have to kind of take it. I feel, you know, and that's that goes across the pitch. That's not just Tom Holmes. That's anyone in this team at the moment. If a transfer offer comes in that you, that sounds fair and we're in a position where we need to have the money, you know, it might be to pay a wage bill or something. As kind of crap as that sounds, that's the situation we're in. You know, thank, like you say, Alex, thank God we've not got financial issues, eh? You know, um, but I, I would probably try to keep Holmes more now than I would have two games ago. Paul, next Yeah, I just want to say that I think Tom Holmes probably going January either way. Yeah, that's my strong suspicion. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if he left in January. Would I I be happy if he left in January after seeing him playing the last two games? Not hugely, but also, you know, reality of the situation, I guess. Um, Next question, Mike. I know what the answer is, and this is an answer. This is a question that gets asked on BBC Berkshire every single week. Uh, is there any update on exclusivity for any potential buyer? The answer is we have no idea, and actually, probably the same amount of ideas as, as everybody listening, unfortunately. Yeah. So no, it's the update. Uh, I'm not going to throw it to you, Matt or Paul, because you have the same amount of clue as I do. Uh, question from 
Zeb, um, who's kind of got the stat mixed up a bit here, he's put undefeated in five. Is Celis starting to find his way? We we did lose. We have lost one in five, so not quite as good as undefeated in five. But is Celis starting to find his way with the team pool a bit? Because we've lost one in five. We picked up eight points in those five games. If you go back six games, that's the Shrewsbury game, which arguably we should have definitely won. Um, you know, save for two last-minute howlers in defence. It, it feel does it feel like he's found found this kind of preferred eleven, preferred formation, and what's work working for him now? Definitely. Um, when you look at the team lineup now, I think there's probably nine or ten, even certain starters every single week now. Um, I think you've got to think the formation set as well. Um, credit to him for actually changing the formation as well, because so many managers would have just stuck with it relentlessly and said, this is what I'm going to have. This is what I'm going to do. But he did it. And I think since that game against Portsmouth, we've seen an improvement in the way we compete in games. Yeah, we've still lost games. There's no doubt on that. But yeah, I'm feeling there is a way forward. Um, I need more evidence to be totally convinced, to be honest. I, I'm not going to say that he's going to be the next Messiah because I don't think we're at that point. But there's something there, isn't there? Now, I, I think there's something tangible that you can look at and think we've got a chance. I agree. You know, I agree. And, you know, I think we've we've, we've criticised Sellers at times this season. Um, you know, has he done a lot wrong? Arguably so, yes. But I think one of one of one of the things he has done right is make that change in formation. Like you say, we 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 know nine, ten of the players that that we want to start every week. We know our best formation. We know pretty much our best team now. Which, yes, it would be nice to have had this, you know, in September and not December. But we've got it now, and I feel like you know there, there's 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 something to build on here. Um, I mean, you know, one thing that Sellers brought up at the fans forum back in. September time, I want to say, was that the team will probably struggle during the first half of the year and and will basically improve as the season goes on. And I mean, I don't want to give him massive credit for getting that right because, you know, it's only been five games and we still lost one of them. But it does feel like we're improving on the pitch. Um, you know, I, I think the performances are, are kind of indicating that we are getting better um, and that we... we should have we should be in with a shot of being able to stay up will we will we or not is a different question um which you know evan has asked and i guess we'll answer in a second but we have at least got a chance at this point whereas you know in the middle of october when we were on that run of what was it six losses in a row against fleetwood and northampton you know charlton at that point, it felt pretty inevitable that we were going to end up getting relegated. Whereas at least now, it feels like there's a chance. Um, as as long as they keep performing at this level, it feels like we've got a shot because we we are picking up more points. We picked up seven more points than Carlisle and Fleetwood in the last five games. So it's it, it feels like there's at least a shot, Paul, to stay up. I mean, let's answer Evan's question: Will we stay up? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say yes. Um, there's so many provisos to that that we could give, but we'd be here. We'll, we'll go with the proviso of there won't be another points deduction because obviously none of us are able to predict that. And really, yeah, there is there's another points deduction. Of, it's going to screw yeah, us. Yeah, there isn't like a fire sale of players leaving in January, which you can't 100% eliminate. But as we stand, 
in the ideal world, new owner comes in before Christmas, settles it down a little bit. And yeah, I, I think if you're one of those teams down the bottom now, you're thinking, we thought Reading were dead. They were 10 points adrift. And now they look like... Now we'd be outside the relegation zone if we didn't have a points deduction. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's a nice feeling. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It'd be an even nicer feeling if one day Matt gives credit to David Button. But we know that won't happen for a while. He just need no. He just needs to do do his job, as Roy Keane would say. You know, if he can do his job and be a good keeper, like all all for him. You know, how much I'd love to have Lucas Jensen in goal that Lincoln had. You know, oh, he got so much stick in the first half yesterday. I have so um, much respect for him for it though, because because it was it played... was impressive. I will say he 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 took it. He took it very, very, uh, you know, very professionally. Didn't didn't react to any of the stick that the Reading fans were giving him for probably twenty five minutes of the first half. Every even gave a little shush when he went in at halftime, which I've, I I respect. <laughs> full, full credit to the Lincoln keeper, definitely for that, um, because he he got a lot of shit in the first half from from the Reading fans. Um, I think that's pretty much it, Paul. Today we've got four games over Christmas coming up. We've got Wigan, Peterborough. And then two massive games against Cheltenham and Exeter as well. How many points will we get from that? Oh, um, for my head says probably six to seven. Yeah, uh, I mean, I want to have nine, but um, yeah, I just go with nine. Fuck it, who cares? I think we'll get seven. I think seven from four games is is reasonable. If we get seven, if we don't lose to Wigan, if we do, if we lose at Peterborough, I think that's fairly expected. If we don't lose against Wigan and we don't lose to Cheltenham and Exeter, and we get two wins out of those three, I think we'll be outside the relegation zone on New Year's Day. I agree. You know, I think I, I think Peterborough. That's that's you know. Peterborough are the best team in the division by a mile this year. If you go there and get anything, no matter how the game goes, there is no way you can be you could grumble at that. The big games, Wigan, Cheltenham, Exeter, even after that, Port Vale, you know, I know that's now looking quite far away in mid-January almost. But yeah, you know, seven, seven, eight points, I think would be a really good return. Two points a game, you know, that's going to be a, a very good kind of Christmas period, I feel. Speaking of Christmas, we did get a message last week after the uh, podcast went live and somebody complained that we weren't being very festive and nobody had got tinsel or Christmas jumpers on. So we did actually all go for Christmas jumpers today. Obviously this is an audio medium, so most of you can't see it, but we have clipped it. Right, I've got my got my Christmas jumper on. Um, Matt's on mute. He, nobody can understand what he's saying there, but we did go with Christmas jumpers today. So you'll be pleased to know that. That one's for Always. you, Anthony. Yeah, and I was just gonna. I, I was saying, I think Alex has won won the sweepstakes here because Alex's is fantastic. I've gone with a Roy Keane. I'll put a picture of it up on social media so that people can actually see it. But it's a uh, Roy Keane themed Christmas jumper. Matt, any last words? No, nope. No. Well, let's end it there. We'll be back before the Wigan game later this week before Christmas. If you've got Christmas parties, enjoy them this week coming up. Um, we'll be back with a preview on Thursday or Friday to accompany any Christmas party hangover, which you may have, um, before the game on Saturday against Wigan. Massive game. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, drop us a five-star review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Until then, up the ding.